called It's a Vagrant Optimist. It's 2 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Before I go to bed, I want to leave some life advice for my unborn children. I think this is going to be a continuing series of segments. Life advice for my unborn children. Which is basically, you know, partly why I'm I'm recording this station, why I'm broadcasting. Part of the book that I'm writing, and now this is the audio form. Just contributing as much legacy as I can leave behind. So here it is. We've all heard the expression, life's a journey, not a destination. And there's a lot of merit to that. But I just heard something tonight that made me really think a whole lot deeper into that advice. Choose your destination before you begin your journey. Because if you just focus on the journey without knowing where you're going, then it's just like another another axion. If you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it. So the point here is, you got to know where you're going. You don't just get into your car and start driving without knowing where you're going. And it's the same thing. You know, figure out what you really want to do. Figure out your, your, your destination. And I'm not talking about a career choice, a job, you know, anything like that. It doesn't matter how young you are or old you are. Decide what you really want. Don't make the same mistake I did and just go out into the world and try and find yourself in quotations and figure it out. If you don't know, you know, you do have to figure it out to some extent. But you definitely know what you don't want. And you're going to see things and experience things that really touch you, that really blow your mind and inspire you. And that's, those are the hooks. Those are the things that you need to go towards because if you're feeling that, then that's a sign. So move towards the things that inspire you, that make you tingle inside, you know, that make your heart go pitter-patter. That's an indication of the destination. And then you know, once you've kind of figured out what you like, what you want, and you know, what, what makes you feel those deep things inside, decide, decide your destination and write it out, you know, decide and go for it and, and aim for that. And then you can start your journey and it'll be a whole lot more fun, I'm telling you. I've had a great journey, and my journey is far from over. But the best part is, is that now that I know this, you know, I'm, this year is all about really like defining myself and my destination. And in doing that, once I get on that path towards that destination, then, you know, I'm going to become a whole different person on that journey. And that's what I'm really excited about. Because it's the person that you become 
to arrive at the things that you truly want. That's the best part of the journey. And that's where it comes all back around, right? I mean, it really isn't about the destination. It's about the journey. But you got to know what your destination is and where you're going. You know, if you're going to really get anything out of the journey. Otherwise, you're just riding a horse with, you know, no direction at all. So there it is. I felt pretty good. And it feels pretty good to know about this destination. Hey world, it's the Vanguard Optimist. I want to read a passage uh, from one of my favorite books that I read last year entitled The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And if you haven't read this, you should definitely check it out. It's about way more than traveling. Uh, it's pretty life-changing, actually. And um, so I'm going to read this passage here. It's probably my favorite part of the book. And forgive me if I butcher uh, some of the names. There's a college named in there, and I don't think I'm pronouncing it right. But here we go. Enjoy this. July 2nd, 1863. It was a hot, humid day, and a schoolteacher from Maine was in the fight of his life. His name was Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, formerly a professor of rhetoric from Bodoin College, presently a 34-year-old colonel in the Union Army. The place? Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. After five bloody attacks from the rebels, Chamberlain realized his troops would not be able to hold them off any longer. More than half his regiment was dead, and many of his remaining soldiers were wounded. He was outnumbered by better than five to one, and the last skirmish had taken place on both sides of the wall, face to face. He didn't know how they had pushed the rebels back down the hill. Some of his men, he later wrote, had been punching the enemy with their fists. As they quickly surveyed the situation, it became apparent that there was less than two bullets per man remaining. For all intents and purposes, the 20th Maine was out of ammunition. Glancing downhill and seeing the attackers readying themselves for a final assault, looking at what seemed to be certain death, certain defeat, Chamberlain's own officers counseled retreat. They outnumber us, the man cried, and we have nothing with which to fight. It is hopeless. It is hopeless. Joshua Chamberlain stood quietly for a moment. Here they come, sir, a sergeant said urgently. Chamberlain didn't respond. He was calculating the cost of freezing, remaining, staying where he was. The cost, he determined, was essentially the same as running away. Joshua, it was his first lieutenant, his brother Tom. Joshua, he screamed, give an order. And so he did. Chamberlain knew he had not been put on this earth to fail, but failure is the only possible result of a life that accepts the status quo. We move forward or we die. Fix bayonets, he barked, and his men looked at him as if he were crazy. Excuse me, sir, the sergeant asked, and for a moment they all just stood there and stared. They're coming, came a yell from down the line. Fix bayonets, I said, he yelled, and charge. As his men scrambled to fasten their steels, Chamberlain drew his sword and jumped to the top of the wall. 
With the enemy now a little more than 50 yards away, he pointed his sword at them and screamed, Charge! And the fighting men of the 20th Maine Regiment, the pride of the army of the Potomac, poured over the wall and followed a schoolteacher into history. The Confederate troops, upon seeing the leader of the opposition mount the wall, immediately stopped, unsure as to what was happening. But when Chamberlain pointed his sword toward them and commanded his men to charge, they literally turned and ran. Many threw down their loaded weapons. They were certain that these were not the same soldiers they had been facing. Surely there had been a massive reinforcement coming. In their minds, it was not even within the realm of possibility that a beaten regiment would charge. In less than ten minutes, the ragged group of men under Chamberlain's command, without any ammunition at all at this point, captured the entire regiments of the 15th Alabama and the 47th Alabama, more than 400 men. Of course, it all happened because one man made a decision to charge. And one decision that you make can literally change the world. Okay, world, I got to share one more passage from the Traveler's Gift. And then I'm going to close the book and pass it on because it needs to be shared. So this, uh, this excerpt here relates completely to the first segment of this episode when I was talking about um, knowing your destination before you get on your path. Um, so totally related. And this is sort of uh, like, a, like a mantra from The Traveler's Gift. And I think it was written by Abraham Lincoln. So, I mean, not literally, but Abraham Lincoln in the book uh, writes this, basically. It's, uh, it's a decision, basically. It's called, I will persist without exception. And it's powerful. So check this out. <clears throat> Knowing that I have already made changes in my life that will last forever... Today I insert the final piece of the puzzle. I possess the greatest power ever bestowed upon mankind, the power of choice. Today I choose to persist without exception. No longer will I live in a dimension of distraction. My focus, blown hither and yawn like a leaf on a blustery day. I know the outcome I desire. I hold fast to my dreams. I stay the course. I do not quit. I will persist without exception. I will continue despite exhaustion. I acknowledge that most people quit when exhaustion sets in. I am not most people. I am stronger than most people. Average people accept exhaustion as a matter of course. I do not. Average people compare themselves with other people. That is why they are average. I compare myself to my potential. I am not average. I see exhaustion as a precursor to victory. How long must a child try to walk before he actually does so? Do I not have more strength than a child, more understanding, more desire? How long must I work to succeed before I actually do so? A child would never ask the question, for the answer does not matter. By persisting without exception, my outcome, my success, is assured. I will persist without exception. I will focus on results. To achieve the results I desire, it is not even necessary that I enjoy the process. It is only important that I continue the process with my eyes on the outcome. An athlete does not enjoy the pain of training. 
An athlete enjoys the results of having trained. A young falcon is pushed from the nest, afraid and tumbling from the cliff. The pain of learning to fly cannot be an enjoyable experience, but the anguish of learning to fly is quickly forgotten as the falcon soars to the heavens. A sailor who fearfully watches stormy seas lash his vessel will always steer an unproductive course. But a wise and experienced captain keeps his eye firmly fixed upon the lighthouse. He knows that by guiding his ship directly to a specific point, the time spent in discomfort is lessened. And by keeping his eye on the light, there never exists one second of discouragement. My light, my harbor, my future is within sight. I will persist without exception. I am a person of great faith. Too much of my life has been spent doubting my beliefs and believing my doubts. No more. I have faith in my future. I do not look left or right. I look forward. I can only persist. For me, faith will always be a sounder guide than reason, because reason can only go so far. Faith has no limits. I will expect miracles in my life because faith produces them every day. I will believe in the future that I do not see. That is faith. And the reward of this faith is to see the future that I believed. I will continue despite exhaustion. I focus on results. I am a person of great faith. I will persist without exception.